All right. Let's, uh, let's open with prayer. Father, we thank you. We honor you. Lord, I thank you. We're going to pray together. Come on, people. We haven't come to just hear a person. We've come to experience heaven today. We have come to experience heaven today. We have come, Father God, boldly by the blood of the Lamb, and we enter your presence. We've come to experience what heaven has. We have spent a week hearing what the world has. We've spent a week listening to what the devil's trying to do. We've spent a week listening to what the political people are trying to do. But, Lord, we want to know. We want to experience what you're doing today. Father, I thank you for your goodness today. We plead the blood of Jesus over this house right now, and by, the, and by grace through faith, I step into the anointing position and authority that you have called me to be in, and in that authority, I exercise the name, of, the name of Jesus, and we decree, declare the lordship of Jesus over this house in this moment and this time together right now. Father, I thank you that every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I thank you that you have given him a name that's high above all names. I thank you, Father God, that you have elevated Jesus as the your right hand and he is high above every principality and power we tell everything that's been trying to torment us this week you have to go you have to bow your knee you have to confess Jesus is Lord if you're going to be with us today you're going to have to realize that we are stepping into a depth of the presence of God and the glory of God Father I thank you according to your, the Jesus you are walking amongst your people today you are walking amongst your people today you are not follow, far and disconnected you know us you have numbered the hairs on our head, Father God. You know the deep things, our thoughts, our intents, our attitudes. Father, speak into the lives of your people. Breathe into them by the Spirit of God. Move upon them. Begin to maneuver and change and add and take away and direct and guide us today. Let every person in the sound of my voice, wherever they're at in their journey of life, begin to experience you in a unique, special way that when they walk out of this building today, I prophetically decree and declare over their life that they will walk out saying, I have been in the presence of God. Father, when they go back to work, let people notice something different, that they have been with Jesus. It is not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. We stir up the anointing of God today. We have come hungry for heaven. We are not hungry for a routine if we went to church. We are hungry for heaven's touch. We are hungry for heaven's breath. We are hungry for heaven's word to be spoken and deposited and imparted into our life. And Father, we give you praise. We honor you, Lord Jesus. Jesus. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Move as you desire. And everyone shouted. Come on, take 10 seconds and give him a praise. And change this mic. Hallelujah. We started a series last week, if you're taking notes, calling it the alignment of God's assignment. The alignment of God's assignment. The alignment with God's assignment. God has an assignment for you. Say, God has an assignment for you. Look to your neighbor and say, God has an assignment for you. Now look to the other neighbor and say, God has an assignment for me. Ephesians 2.10, this quick review. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has, prepared, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Before you began, he already completed the path. God has an assignment for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good, not to harm you, but to help you. Aren't you glad that your heavenly father is a good God? Religion will tell you God is a bad God. Religion will tell you God will put pain on you and sickness on you for his glory, but that's not the word of God. 
I challenge you like I do on a regular basis. Challenge everything that you hear, even for me, no matter who says it, if they're on TV or this is the way I was raised, it don't matter. Challenge everything with the word of God. I was with somebody and they were spouting off something uh, as a fact and they were adamant and I just simply asked them, show me that in the Bible. And they got to look and I'll have to come back. Why? Because we have a way of talking quickly with, have you ever known people, and it's not a bad thing, I have a lot of friends and family that are like this, that when they talk, they talk with such confidence, you just know they're right. Now, some people aren't that way, but some people, they don't even try. I mean, they just, even if they're guessing, they sound, it sounds good. It sounds right. But just because something sounds right doesn't mean it is right. And the religion has told us and many of us come through those ranks where that God would do evil things to us for his glory. But that's not in the Bible. God doesn't kill babies. God doesn't kill people like that. Oh, the Lord just wanted another angel. And so he took your child. That might make someone feel comfortable. That doesn't make me feel comfort at all. You're like, why would I give my heart to someone who's killing my children? It's weird because people just want to have an answer when they have no answer, and they just want to look smart when they really aren't. I'd rather say, I really don't know than try to fake it. Oh, God is just, you know, listen, let me help you out. You'll never be an angel. God's not looking for new angels. He's not looking for a new flower in his garden. I don't know who I'm talking to. I've heard that one. God just wanted another flower in his garden. So he's killing people because he's this... No, 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 no. Jesus is very clear. Hebrews tells us that if we want to know the heart of the Father, look to the Son. Jesus is the expressed image, the visible image of the invisible God. And Jesus said, I've come, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Now, you might disagree. That's fine. You love me, I love you, we'll pray for each other. But challenge everything with the Word of God, and you'll find that the heart of the Father is for your good. Jeremiah says, I know the plans I, has for, I have for you. God has an assignment for your life. Even though you might not have been planned by your parents, you are not here by accident you have a destiny the world will tell you you have no value life will tell you that you're no good people will tell you in situations tell you why even try it's worthless you have nothing you can do but I'm telling you your heavenly father has created you you are fearfully and wonderfully made and the the power of God is that he has not created you but he has a destiny for you it doesn't have to look like anybody else it doesn't have to compete and compare you don't have to look and say man I wish I could do that you don't want to do something that God hasn't called you to do but God has a destiny for you he has an assignment he has an assignment Oh, I'm afraid to give my heart to the Lord. I remember growing up and people used to say this. If you give your heart to the Lord and you just say, Jesus, you're everything to me. Whatever you want, I'll obey. You better be careful. He'll send you to a foreign country and they don't have electricity. Don't you do that. that that's a mindset of people. I knew somebody. They, went, they didn't have internet. They didn't have anything. God will do that to see how much you, you love them. Listen, if God wants you to go to a foreign a mission field, He'll put the desire in your heart. You'll want to go when he tells you to go. I don't believe that. Well, your life is miserable. That's half, another reason why you don't smile. Explains why you frown all the time. I'm just telling you. I don't know. Can you imagine living your life that you're afraid to give your heart to the Lord because he might ask you? He owns everything. He's not going to send you to a foreign country to fail against your will. 
Choose this day whom you're gonna serve. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans I have for you. Psalms 139, verse 16, David says, you have mapped out all my days before I was born. God has mapped out, he has an assignment for your life, your routine. Just because he has an assignment doesn't mean you're gonna do it. Because you have a, a choice, you have a will. Choose this day whom you will serve. Well, I guess whatever happens is God's will. No. We got to get past that. If everything that happens in life is God's will, well, God is all-powerful, yes, and he, he permitted it, so it must be his will because everything comes from the hand of God. I'm trying to sound religious there. It's the best I can do. No, that's not true. It's not true. What do you mean? God's all-powerful. Yes, he is. But if everything happens, comes through the hand of God, why do we have jails? Right? If everything that happened must be his will, why do we punish people? If everything that you do must be the will of God, why don't you tell your teacher, for those who are in school, tell your teacher that you need to get 100% on that, that test because anything you answered must be in the will of God, and if it's the will of God, it must be right. doesn't make sense, does it? Well, God allowed it. Well, God allow you to rob somebody, but that doesn't mean it's his will. But God does have a will for you. He has an assignment. And we have to choose to follow that assignment. The path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter, Proverbs 4, 18. God has an assignment. Say, God has an assignment. That was last week's message. And we talked about the, to get into the alignment with God's assignment. We looked at three principles. Direction, demand, and destination or destiny. Direction, demand, and destination. Elijah, Elisha, both of them operated. You see in the, the stories, 1 Kings 17. He said to the widow woman, make me some food. Why? Because God had already said, I'm, I have commanded her. I have already sent the word. If we're just running, and a lot of times we, we tend to, this is a human nature thing. We all do this because it's easier. It's easier to do what we feel emotionally, do what we really want, and reverse engineer it. Come on, church. And we reverse engineer it in a way that we can articulate a story to tell people why we did what we did. So we want to sound spiritual without actually being spiritual. No one here, so just relax. I'm talking about the people sitting next to you, so just chill. Pray for them. But I've seen in my life in the church world, it's amazing. People will make sometimes bad choices and they'll spiritualize it. Hey, one guy saying, oh, the Lord's, uh, you know what I mean, called me to, to move and go to this state and minister. And I said, okay, we'll support that. That's what you feel the Lord tell you to do. I might be their pastor, but I'm not their Jesus. I, I'm a friend, and this might be wrong, pray for me, but I'm a firm thing that I don't need to talk people out of what they said. If they, if they say God told me to do something and I'm doing this, I'm not going to try to talk them out of it. Right? I've had people say, I'm going to leave the church because God wants me to leave the church. Okay, we love you. God bless you. Why should I talk you out of it if you said God told you? Right? 
Now, when I use illustrations, it's nothing that's happening here, so you don't look around wondering if someone's done that. Mm, I didn't see. No, it's not that. But I've had people come up, and I'm not going to talk them up. You know, I'm, I'm leaving. This is my last Sunday. God's sending me somewhere else. And you come to find out, you dig a little deeper, God didn't send them. They're often send them. Because someone didn't call them, or someone didn't greet them right. And the devil has a way of manipulating this whole situation. He'll have you like coming in the pool. Oh, I just need somebody to encourage me. And the first person that you see at the door doesn't encourage you, doesn't smile, doesn't greet you. And what you don't realize is they were just invited themselves by a friend. And they don't even know the Lord. And they're just checking everybody out saying, I wonder if these people are real. And they run into you and you're having a bad day looking for someone to help you. They're having a bad day because they don't know if they're too sure about this. And you both collide into there and you both leave saying, I'm never coming back to this place because these people aren't real. Oh, pastor, God sent him. God didn't send them. What happened? Their offense sent them. They didn't get in alignment with God's assignment. Right. Have you ever noticed the alignment of God's assignment is not always a, a feel-good, warm, furry, fuzzy, especially when you do wrong, because in the assignment, there will be correction and direction and guidance. Sometimes the Lord said, you lied. No, Lord, I didn't lie. No, you lied. No, I, 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 I didn't tell everything. You lied. Well, no, no, I just, I, I made it look, I slanted it. Can we go with it? No, you lied. Okay, Lord, I'm sorry. That's good that you apologized. Now go tell them that you lied and repent. How about if I just stay here? Because, you know, the Bible says if I, you know, I, I just pray and then you'll forgive me. You lied. You need to go tell them. You know, when, the whole, when you get to that level of operating with the Holy Spirit, it's amazing how you want to tell the truth. I've had the Holy Spirit saying, you just ran somebody down. Now go tell them you did it and apologize. They might not ever hear what I said, but when the Holy Spirit works on you and tells you, go to them and say, I need to apologize, because the other day I said this about you. Oh. <laughs> if I have 20 people lined up to see me after the meeting, I'm just going to know something's not right. I'm, jo I'm joking. You can laugh. It's okay to have fun in church. Direction, demand, destination. Say direction. direction. We're going to talk about divine direction today. Divine direction. We need divine direction. Divine means godly, from God. Divine direction. Proverbs 14, verse 12, amplifies this. There is a way which seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but it ends in the way of death. The appearance of the path doesn't mean it ends at the right place. We need divine direction. Proverbs 21 verse 2 says, Every man's ways are right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs and examines the heart of the people and their motives. We need, say, I need divine direction. This is the thing that's become mystical in the church world and can become pretty creepy in some people's world because they don't understand the principles of divine direction, how God operates some people use divine direction, and it's purely circumstances. What happens? My boss fired me. It must be God's direction for me to find a better job. You haven't shown up on time in three weeks. It wasn't a God thing. It was a you thing. Just smile at me. Say divine direction. It's not a... You know how some people do, I know nobody's done this in the church here, 
except me. But I've been there. Lord, what should I do? No, don't want to do that. Show me Jesus. No, there is a practical way to receive and identify and follow divine direction. So we need divine direction. Here's some benefits. We need divine direction. First of all, divine direction is available to you. It's not just for full-time ministers. It's for God's people. Psalms 37, verse 23. Steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. So who's a... Steps are ordered of the Lord. Those who are righteous, right standing. And if you're saved by the blood of Jesus, you are the righteousness, the Bible says, the righteousness of God in Christ, which means we all have a right for divine direction in our life. Well, I don't need divine direction, Pastor. I'm very successful. It can look successful now, but it doesn't mean it's going to end in success. Even if you are successfully financially blessed, and that's a wonderful thing. We believe God wants you to have things. He just doesn't want things to have you. But even if you have money, the Bible, I mean, you do it the world way, and you think you're blessed. But the Bible says that it is him that gives you power to get wealth, and he will add no sorrow to it, which tells me that if God's not involved in even your promotion, there is a level of sorrow that comes doing it the world way. And if you don't believe me, just check out all these people who have this money. They get the money, and the next, next thing they do, they are afraid of how do they keep it, who's going to take it. Then their security has to, they are stressing out. They finally got to the, the, the penthouse. They finally got to the best job. They finally got to the corporate corner office. And all of a sudden, you know what they're doing? They feel everybody kind of nipping at their feet, trying to take them down, and they're stressing out. But when God brings you somewhere, I've had people, not, not recent, but way back in the day, people come saying, oh, I could do better pastoring this church than you. You might. I'm not going to argue that, but you're not the pastor. I'm not stressed. I didn't put myself here. God put me here. And we have seen people come. Oh, I know this never happens in the church. People come in and all of a sudden they're like, oh, the Lord's leading me to start my own church. Well, wonderful. We have churches started on a regular basis. We have a church in the Philippines. Which, but you have people, oh, I'm going to start my own church. And they're, what they're doing is, uh, I'm going to start it. Have you ever noticed churches that have the word greater on them? Let me give you a little inside track with the church world for those who are new. Anytime you see, it doesn't mean the people that are doing it are this way, but somewhere in the past, someone split a church and they wanted to split it and kind of a little have a dig. And so if it was a Mount Zion, all of a sudden now you got greater Mount Zion. See what I'm saying? <laughs> happy church, greater happy church. It's not like there, oh, God's leading me. Yeah, God led you to cross the road to start a church with our name, and you put greater on it, and you're using your influence. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've had people try to do that here, and the Spirit of God just deal with it. And I don't have to stress about it. I don't have to call a bunch of people and try to politic. I love people. I love them if they come, and I love them when they go. And that's a God thing. It doesn't, it, I don't cry, I don't break my heart, I just love people. Oh, I feel I'm going to go, Lord's leading me. Well, God bless you, we love you, have a great time. 
That's just the way I'm wired. Now, if I need to change, I'm open for change. But I just love people. I've had people get mad at me. This is years ago, decades ago, because they told me they were going to leave, and I didn't call them and chase them after they left. I just said, I love you. Thank you so much for the time you're here. We appreciate your involvement. And maybe someone here is in the ministry. You need to catch this. And, you know, it it, it frees you. You just love people. You know, thank you for everything you've done. You're giving and serving and volunteering and being around. We appreciate your your presence and what you've done. And we wish you the best and send you off with the best. And they get mad and start running me down because I didn't chase them. I'm chasing people. I'm chasing Jesus. Come on, okay. See, I love talking about stuff that I, honestly, there is no issue here. I learned from my dad many years ago, never preach a problem. Some churches you go into there and you can find out who the, uh, who the pastor's been counseling because he'll preach it. That's why I don't even counsel. You don't counsel? No, I don't counsel. We have people that do that. They're better at it, they're gifted at it, they're anointed at it, and they'll ask me, why don't you do it? So that I can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and say what God places on my heart, and it might be right in alignment with what you need, and I have no idea you need it. Divine, say divine direction. Divine direction gives us access to, number one, God's power. Mark, 16, Mark 6, verse 17. And Jesus called the 12 disciples and began to send them out as a special messengers, two by two, and he gave them authority and power over the unclean spirits. What God directs, he provides, he empowers. God enables us. Do you know what happens when we do what we want to do and we just tack on the name of Jesus? We do it out of our own ability. We're not doing it by, by divine direction. When you do something by divine direction, there's a grace for it. There's a power for it. If God told you to start a business, start a business. If God didn't tell you to start a business, don't start a business because you met a friend that's doing well and they have a business. God told you to be an evangelist, be an evangelist. But don't be an evangelist because you found somebody you like that's doing great and go, wow, they have a great life. I'm going to do what they're doing. Because if God didn't assign you to do it, there is no power for you to do it. And you're carrying the weight. And the church world is filled up. Are you listening? And I'm not pointing to anybody specifically in my mind. But this is just a reality. The church globally is filled up with a lot of men and women who love God but that are in positions that God never called them to be. And they are exhausted by the weight of... the what they thought was the assignment of God. It's because they're doing what they thought was the right thing to do, but they're having to do it out of their own ability because Jesus never asked them to do it. In that day, Jesus said, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, cast out devils and heal the sick? And he said, I I told him, turn away from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And the word iniquity literally means, if you go to the original, it says, you who, who did unauthorized works. You were doing stuff that looked good, but it wasn't in the assignment. Because with the assignment comes power. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2. Now it shall be if you diligently, diligently listen to and obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I commanded you today, the Lord your God will set you on high. He empowers you to succeed. He empowers you. He empowers you. Instead of just doing your will and tacking the name of Jesus on with a quick prayer, 
Now, Lord, I'm going to start today, and this is my plans, and here's my to-dos, and Lord, I, I, and I want you to bless everything I do in Jesus' name. Once you start, I'm saying, Lord, show me what to do today. In my normal routine of what I'm doing, show me what to do today. Because I want to be a part of what you're blessing. I want to be a part of what you're doing. I'm available, God, for you to use me. It doesn't mean you're going to hear voices. And God can speak to you clearly, but we'll get into that in a few seconds. But it's a matter of having a heart of God. I don't want to just do my agenda. Because when you do your agenda, really there's a motivation of I'm trying to impress somebody. I'm trying to prove my worth to somebody. I'm trying to show somebody. I'm trying to do. And all of a sudden, that stuff needs to fade away because our actions need to be aligned with this assignment saying, I'm surrendering to someone. Lord, you're the master. Whatever you want me to do, I'm your man. I'm your woman. I'm your person. Lord, speak to my heart. You show me what to do. Yes. <clears throat> I got 12 titles. Well, you created your own titles. <laughs> we'll set you on high above the nations of the earth. Verse 2, and all these blessings will come on you and overtake you if you pay attention to the voice of the Lord your God. Divine direction gives us access to power. And as you see in that verse, divine direction also gives us access access to provision. Allow God to lead you. Isaiah 58, verse 11, and the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your soul with scorched and dry places and give you strength to your bones and you will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Yeah. Psalms 84, 11, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Access to God's blessing. I want God to bless me. Then start doing what God asks you to do. You want to know what, this is my opinion, okay, I'll, I'll just say, in my stage, in my phase of life, you know what I've noticed, and I love watching ministries, and I love watching people and businesses and life, and just, I like critiquing and looking at situations. But you know one of the things in, in the God factor, you want to know one of the things that I've noticed, people that get blessed, is when people have a heart to get blessed so they can not only be a blessing, but they can see people get saved. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see people in the church world who struggle? when their top ultimate goal in getting blessed is to buy a boat. And God's not against you having a boat. It's getting quiet here. But if your top goal is to, is one day I'm going to have the money so I can buy an expensive possession. Wow, it's so quiet here. God doesn't, God doesn't mind you having things. He wants you to have nice things. He doesn't mind you having a nice house or a nice car. But if you're, if you're striving to get money, the Bible says that they will strive to put money in bags that has holes in it. But if our top goal is, Lord, I want to be blessed because I want to bless your people. Isn't that the encounter Solomon had? After he, after he sacrificed a thousand plus sacrifices before God and God shows up and says, Solomon, who's king? And if you're king, you're already in a position of power. You're already visible. You're already wealthy, right? You're king. And God shows up, Solomon, what do, you, what do you want? I'm going to give you anything you ask for. What do you want? I mean, this is kind of like, this is, you know I mean, not to go down the fictionary store, but you ever watch these movies back in the day when you are a kid and they rub the lamp and they give them three wishes and 
And I always wondered why someone didn't ask, I want a million wishes. I make a middle note, when I get to that millionth wish, it'll be, I want another million. You know what I mean? But anyway. But God said to Solomon, what do you want? And Solomon says, I want wisdom so that I can manage and lead your people. And God said, Solomon, because you didn't ask for like gold or riches or fame or power, but you asked for wisdom for my people, I'm going to give you and make you the wisest man, and I'm also going to give you all these other things. Come on, somebody. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We need, say, I need divine direction. Divine direction gives us access to God's power, gives us access to God's provision, gives us access to God's protection. Isaiah 49, verse 24 says, who can snatch the plunder of war from the hands of a warrior? Who can demand that a tyrant let his captives go? But the Lord says the captives of, the captives of warriors will be released and the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved. I love that. The captives of warriors will be released. See, the captives will be released. Man, I feel that in my spirit right now. And the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved. That means anything the enemy has stole from you, anything the enemy has imprisoned you by, in the name of Jesus, I speak according to the word of God. For this, Jesus said, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And I speak freedom and liberty over your life right now, prophetically by the authority of the name of Jesus. That weapon will not be used against you. That trap will never be used against you anymore. You are free in the name of Jesus. Captives of warriors will be released and the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved. For I will fight those who fight you. (laughs) Say, I don't stand alone. Thank you, Father God. I will fight those who fight you and I will save your children and I will feed your enemies with their own flesh and they will be drunk with rivers of their own blood and all the world will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. Today, God begins to fight for you and your children in the name of Jesus. You are not an orphan. You're not left out. He is defending you. Hallelujah. So how do we access divine direction? We'll cover this a little bit here today, but even more next week. Number one, let's look at this. Follow his word. Say, follow his word. Divine direction always comes from the word of God. The Holy Spirit told me, that's wonderful. But if the Holy Spirit told you, he will speak of the word. Jesus said he will not come, that when he comes, Holy Spirit, he will not speak of himself, but he will give you everything that I've spoken to you. He'll reveal it to you. He reveals the word. Oh, the Lord told me to do this. No, that's not biblical. The Lord told me that that person's supposed to be my wife. She's already married. That wasn't the Holy Ghost. You'd be surprised what happens in the church world sometimes. 
Lord told me I need it. No, 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 no. That, that wasn't God. How do you know it's not God? I feel it so strongly. The intensity of a desire never defines divine direction. You still have, you are a three-part person. You are a spirit person. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. And all three can give you information. It's good to know that. Because when you want to kill somebody, you need to know of Jesus, of the devil. <laughs> that might, anger might not be from God. Oh, I just know this is from God. No, no, no. You're, you're feeling an intense emotion. And that's okay to identify it as such. You say, wait a minute. I need to put myself in check. I encourage you to do that. I do that all the time. I got to keep myself in check. I don't keep myself in check. I'll say things I shouldn't say or do things. You know what I mean? Why? Because we got to stay in the word to keep ourselves in check. Things have to be in line with the word. We have to stay in line with the word. Can you, are you listening? And when God's leading you, the Holy Spirit will reveal his word, the word of God. He will guide you in all truth. John 16, verse 13. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, Romans 8, 14. So we not only need the Word, we need the leading of the Holy Spirit. They work together, back and forth. Amen. David said in Psalms 119, Your Word is the lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. The entrance of His Word, verse 130, the entrance of His Word gives light, gives understanding to the simple. We don't need the Word anymore. We got the Holy... I had a person say, oh, pastor, I, I don't need the Bible. We got revelation from the Holy Spirit that's above the Bible. I want to say, there is no revelation above the Bible. Everything comes from the Bible. And if anybody gives you a revelation above the Bible, smile and walk away. You know, that, that one truth alone right there, would eliminate a lot of people getting caught up in cults and crazy stuff. And cults aren't just Jim Jones and drinking the Kool-Aid. There's a lot of Kool-Aid being drunk in smaller groups. Come on, somebody. People controlling other people, manipulating other people. It's not from you. God didn't pull you out of the prison of darkness to put you in a prison of light. We just love people. There's freedom here at Hope Church. Some people don't like freedom. They're so used to being controlled. I've had preachers tell me, Pastor, if you give people freedom, they'll go off and sin. I said, you know, listen, if freedom makes them sin, let me just help you out. Sin was already there. They're going to hell. So let's just get that dealt with. If I can get you, because if I can get someone right with God, they can lie to a person, but they can't lie to the Holy Spirit. You gotta control people excellent. Listen, if I call you every day, I don't have that many phone lines, I don't have that much time, I don't have that many people. Call everybody. What are you watching on TV? If you're committing adultery, you're gonna lie to me. Are you cheating on your spouse? Nope. We got pictures of you walking with this person. Who is that? Not me. It's a video. You're looking, you're talking to the camera. Wasn't me, it wasn't there. People can lie to other people. Because lying never seems like a big sin when you're doing the other sins. But you can't lie to the Holy Ghost. I can keep your conscience clear. Keep you in the place where God's called his peace. So number one, follow his word. Say, follow his word. Let me encourage you. 
Make his word strong enough to direct your steps. Make his word a priority in your life. Make his word priority in well, I pray a lot. You need to pray a lot. Pray, prayer is good. I spend all my time in praise. You need to praise. Praise is wonderful. Oh, I spend all my time serving. Serving's great. I spend all my faith. But you better make sure the word's a priority in your life. Because otherwise, the devil will lead you down the path that you think you're going down the right path. And all of a sudden, let, let me, I don't know why, I, this is kind of like almost behind the scenes stuff when it comes to ministry. Maybe someone's here that needs this or someone's watching. Let, let me throw this. I'm not here to point fingers or criticize because people are, we're all human, right? We have this treasure of earth and vessels of the glory maybe of God and not man. But no minister gets in, no person gets into the ministry with the idea of giving their life to something, build it up, and then blowing it up at the end. That's no success book out there. Can you imagine having a success, success book on business? How to build, how to start a business, build it to a billion dollars, and then lose it all no one does that. No minister does that. But there's ministries that get out there and they go off the path. Why? It, there's a thousand different reasons you can argue. But let's keep coming back to the, the word of God Amen. and making the word. But this prophet told me. But if the prophet said something out of alignment with the word, the prophet's just wrong. Right. This apostle called me and told me that I need, if the apostle told you to do something that's out of alignment with the word of God, the apostle's just wrong. He told me that I was an angel, and if I'd slept with him, that I'd be anointed. He's a pervert. And that happens a lot. In this day and age, you're like, what are people thinking? I know what they're thinking. They don't know the word. Because the word should be a guide. If you feel it or don't feel it, come on, somebody. If you like it or don't like it, let the truth of the word of God guide you. Your word, oh God, is a lamp unto my feet and a light in my path. Follow his word and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We'll stop there for today. But helping us get into the alignment. Say, God has an assignment for my life, and I want to get into alignment with his assignment. It's good to live your life. Doesn't mean you don't deal with challenges, but it's good to live your life when you know I'm in God's perfect will. When people like me or don't like me, when things are going my way or it seems like I'm going upstream, it's good to know. And we'll get more into that next week. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap for praise. If you bow your head and close your eyes with no one looking around, if you're here today and do not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not asking if you know about God. I'm asking, is Jesus Christ real to you today in a way that you know for yourself that he's real in your Lord and Savior? With every head bowed and every eye closed, and the way you process and the way you experience, is Jesus Christ real to you? Is he your Lord and Savior? If you don't know that, Maybe it's just been a bunch of rules to you. and You thought church was about, hey, I'm going to be a better person. I'm doing a good thing. And you miss out on the life that comes out of relationship. Maybe you've never heard the gospel that for God, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish 
but have everlasting life. Who is this Jesus? He came to the earth through virgin birth. He's the son of God. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross for our sins. He was buried for us and on the third day rose again. He paid the price that we could never pay so that we could live his life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're saying, Pastor, I don't know Jesus that. I just thought it was about a bunch of rules. But I want to open up my heart, my life, and give him the opportunity to come in and forgive me, wash me in his blood. Forgive me of all my sins. I want the guilt to be gone. I want peace. I want his presence. With every head bowed, I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Romans 10 says, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Pray this prayer with me. Let it come from your heart if you're ready to receive. Say, Heavenly Father, I turn to you today. I repent of all my sins. I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came to this earth in the flesh, died on a cross for my sins, was buried for me, and on the third day, rose again for me because I believe that. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, wash me in your blood, forgive me, cleanse me, give me a fresh start. See, Jesus, I don't want a religion. I want a real relationship with you. So I open up the door of my heart and life, and I invite you in to be my Savior and my Lord, thank you for saving me. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed the prayer, so I know who I was praying with, the count of three, I want you to just stand to your feet. We're going to celebrate. We're going to clap. And I want to speak a blessing over your life. You're like, Pastor, I don't know. I'm not comfortable standing in front of people. And I, and I totally get it. I totally understand. But I want you to know that if it's hard to stand up for Jesus in a house where people are clapping for you, how are we going to stand up for Jesus in a world that's getting darker and darker? We are moving into the last of the last days. We are, this thing is getting ready. I mean, they're, they're getting ready to sign a seven-year agreement in November, December time frame. They're calling it for the, to save the planet. Amongst the nations. And they already said that when it's signed, if it goes in effect, it'll immediately create chaos and tribulation. They're identifying us trying to save the planet. Part of the thing in the planning of the 3030 plan is that they're trying to get the save the earth by 3030 to have everything more green. And it's more than that is a subtle selling point. That's not the truth what's happened. But it, halfway through, they want to implement. Literally, I'm not making this up, a digital ID that you'll have, that you'll wear on your hand. And you'll get what they call carbon points based on how much, if you wasted food or burned carbon fuel. And if you don't, if you can't buy or sell without using this, and if you've just been wasteful to the earth's resources, then they won't sell you anymore. Once you, Because their goal is to eliminate a certain percentage of society. Because they're saying there's too many people and they're destroying the planet. Calling it Mother Earth. The Earth's not your mother. The Earth's God's footstool. 
and created by God for us, not us for, God, for the earth. It's backwards. Of course it's backwards because the kingdom of darkness is backwards. My friend, I almost, I'm getting to the phase where every time I see you on Sunday, I, I'm praying for you and loving you and think, I wonder if this is the last time I'll see him before the rapture. We are coming to the end. Don't make this a game. It's not a game for me. We need to be serving God. We need to be reaching out to people, winning souls. I mean, souls need to be a central theme in everything we do and what we're doing and why we're doing it. To honor God and to reach people. Do you hear my, hear my heart? Oh, we got 50 years. We might. Know, I don't know. Only God knows. But boy, if you're looking at the signs of the time, we are. Now, who knows? Something might happen and delay everything. It's been tried before. They've tried this again and again. But you got to realize when the Bible's talking about end time prophecies, we just did a whole summer talking, breaking it down. It might sound like a fairy tale story when you first read it many years ago, but it's being played out right before our eyes. It's being played out. I just want to see you in heaven and hear from heaven. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. So it, let me get back to my point where I was going. So if you prayed that prayer of salvation and you mean business with God, at the count of three, we're going to clap. I'm going to speak a blessing over your life because I believe there needs to be a tenacity in the church. This PC of making everybody comfortable, they don't care about making us uncomfortable. I'm not saying we need to be a jerk in the world. But I'm saying we need to be strong in the world and the power of his might. And there's an anointing, there's a strength. The Bible says, Ephesians 3.16, you be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner person. That's going to be my, my prayer for someone who's willing to say, Lord, I, I just pray that prayer. I mean business with God, and I'm standing up for the Lord. If that's you, at the count of three. Some of you are bold, you'll be quick. Some of you are passive. So those who are bold, I want you to be quick to encourage those who need to also stand up. One, two, three. If you just prayed that prayer, stand your feet. One, two, three. Stand down. In Jesus' name. Who was I praying with? Come on. Come on. Thank you. God bless you. Come on. Come on. Give me a hang on. God bless you. 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 Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Stretch your hands toward them. Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for every person that just got saved today. We thank you that they are going to heaven. And Father, we, we just join our faith in agreement for your best in their life. And we speak according to your word. Strengthen them with might by your spirit in, in, in their inner person. As they walk out of here, let them not be any shape, way they, they were before. If they were bending their knee to every temptation, from now on, they're strong in the Lord. From now on, they are strong in you. I curse and bind every tactic used against them. Every drug, every bad relationship, every manipulative tool that is used to imprison them, to torment them, to hold them back. We set them free by the power and authority in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for strength in their life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... God bless you. You may be seated. We're so proud of all of you. Thank you.